Hello and welcome to the Royal College of Psychiatrists podcast with me, Ella Marchant. Everyone can agree that the pandemic has been an extremely testing time for mental health services and has exposed many people to extended periods of isolation, financial stress and ongoing feelings of anxiety. A survey of over 1,300 mental health doctors from across the UK revealed that 43% of psychiatrists had seen an increase in their urgent and emergency caseload, while 45% had actually seen a reduction in their most routine appointments. This led psychiatrists to believe that many patients were actually staying away from mental health services until they reached a crisis point. In this podcast, you will hear from three psychiatrists and a patient telling you their stories of life on a psychiatric ward during the COVID-19 pandemic. Due to restrictions we are still facing, all of the interviews you will hear are self-recorded remotely by the speakers. These are their personal accounts and include topics some people may find upsetting, such as suicide, self-harm, and a discussion on electroconvulsive therapy, which is referred to as ECT in the interview. First, we have Dr. Rupak Kara. Hello, my name is Dr. Rupak Kara. I'm a general adult psychiatrist and medical lead of the country's first psychiatric COVID ward. Just before the pandemic, I was working on a psychiatric intensive care unit at Hammersmith and Fulham Mental Health Unit as part of West London NHS Trust. Pretty much overnight, my role changed. One day I was working on the ward downstairs. The next day, I was helping run a ward that was specifically designed for patients who had come into hospital because of mental illness, but who had also tested positive for the coronavirus. I remember the ward being very calm just before we started and I remember the that sharp smell of disinfectant and the smell of almost of anticipation in the air because this was something new. The ward that we had decided to use for our coronavirus um, patients had previously been a routine admissions ward. We'd had to work very quickly to make sure that the ward setup itself was suitable to allow for social distancing for patients to still be able to have phone calls with their family or next of kin and for there to be some space for staff to get changed in and out of their personal protective equipment or PPE. When we had our first patient on the ward, which was the very first day that we opened and a couple of days before the national lockdown was announced, we were careful to explain to them as much as we could about what coronavirus meant. Some of our patients, in fact the vast majority, had severe mental illness and were unable to understand or retain the information given to them about what it meant to have coronavirus, nor were the majority of them able to tell us what symptoms they were experiencing from the coronavirus. So it was up to us to make sure that we picked it up as quick as we could. We made sure to make personalised welcome packs for all of our patients, explaining what the symptoms were and a little bit about what the country was going through at the time because they wouldn't have had access to a television in their bedrooms. We also did diagrams, little pictures to show them why we would suddenly be dressed in personal protective equipment, why we would be looking different compared to how they had seen us previously, and why we were wearing masks, just to help reduce some of the anxiety that they had felt upon seeing staff members looking after them suddenly looking very different. I didn't feel scared about going onto a psychiatric ward during the COVID pandemic. I felt that it was the least we could do to help work with some of the most vulnerable people in society. I was, however, very concerned for the patients I was working with because for some of them, it was very difficult to understand why we were dressed in personal protective equipment. 
and why we suddenly look different and why we were unable to take our masks off. And some of them were visibly distressed by this. As a doctor, this was very hard to see. It was also challenging for some patients who were so unwell that they didn't know or weren't able to keep their masks on or look after their protective equipment or stay in their bedrooms to try and avoid the risk of infection to other people. And it was quite hard to work with them to make sure that they were kept as safe as possible. My time on the ward went quite quickly because I made sure to sit with the patients after ward round, after clinical duties were done, as much as I could. Sometimes that meant talking loudly through a door. Sometimes it meant drawing pictures and sharing them with patients who were in their bedroom and unable to come out. But it was a very enjoyable experience because it was a time to get to know our patients really well. They weren't able to go on leave, nor were they able to have friends or family visit because of the risk of con being contaminated with the uh, coronavirus. So we became their company and that was really enjoyable time in what was otherwise a very scary time for everybody. We tried to ensure there was social distancing on the ward and we had to be very careful about how we planned the layout of a ward to ensure that we could do this. This meant we had a one-way system in and out of the whole ward, so we weren't able to go back on ourselves. This did take some getting used to, but we managed to do it in the end. Overall, I'd say the experience of working on a psychiatric COVID ward has taught me a lot, and I have learnt a lot from the patients that we've worked with. It can be hard enough having to be in hospital because you're having an acute crisis in your mental health, but on top of that, to have the coronavirus as well, I have the utmost respect for all of my patients who have now moved on to home wards or been discharged home. And I wish them all the very best. Next, we have an expert by experience, a personal account from Sam, a patient living in South Wales. Hello, my name is Sam and I live in South Wales. I was admitted to psychiatric ward a couple of days before lockdown. I was very ill at the time um, and I really wanted to go into hospital. The thought of lockdown was quite frightening for me because I live on my own. I was feeling suicidal and I knew that I wouldn't be able to see any friends or get any help if, if we were locked down. So I was quite pleased to go in. I've suffered with severe depression on and off over a number of years now um, and the thing that does work for me is ECT so I was praying that I would be offered that in hospital. Uh, I think we went into lockdown literally the day after I was admitted so all the staff were very well prepared and social distancing was in place. Um, the staff all wore masks, uh, I had a nice room to myself um, and I was fed which was great because I wasn't feeding myself at home very well and it was set in place that yes I would start ECT. Now when I've had it before um, there were three clinics a week this had been cut down to two because of the coronavirus and obviously numbers were limited as well because they had to clean everything down between patients. We couldn't have patients 
together in a waiting room. We all were separated into different rooms. Um, so that was difficult. Um, but on the ward itself, I wasn't worried about catching the virus, really, because I was so ill, I didn't really care, to be honest. Um, but it was just good to be in company. The things that helped me on the ward were the staff who were great and a lot of them remembered me from when I've been in before, so that was nice. Um, and the things I like to do, I did jigsaws, which I've always enjoyed, um, and playing Scrabble with another patient. I got friendly with quite a few of the the patients. We you know, a little self-support network built up. Um, and also listening to music. They had um, on the television, uh, I don't know if it was like a fire, uh, whatever you call it, where you can play music of your choice. So that was quite good. Anyway... Um, it then developed that we had a patient admitted from a surgical ward and he wasn't very well and it turned out that he did have the virus. So obviously he was isolated in his room and the staff were obviously very concerned that it could spread. And it also meant that I couldn't go and have my ECT treatment until I'd been tested so I had to wait over a week between treatments until my test came back negative um, and then it continued uh, from there. Anyway to cut a long story short the ECT did work thank goodness as it always has done and I was discharged a bit before I really wanted to go because I knew I wouldn't be so good at home as I was amongst the community of the ward. But my psychiatrist was more concerned that the longer I was there, the more likely I was to um, contract the virus. And so he felt I'd be safer at home. Uh, it wasn't that easy immediately coming home, um, I must admit. And what was difficult was where I, before I'd had contact with a community nurse, I could only now speak to him on the telephone. There was no face-to-face -face contact with anybody. So that was better than nothing, I must admit. Uh, but you know, not as easy as it was before the virus. Anyway, I'm very well now and I am continuing to have ECT once a month as maintenance therapy. And uh, that really does, it really does work for me and I'm quite happy with the situation. Now listen to Dr. Abimbola Fadipe a consultant old-age psychiatrist and the Deputy Medical Director at Oxley's NHS Foundation Trust. I work on an older adult ward. Um, it's for patients that have challenging behaviour associated with um, dementia. 
So while I was on the ward in March was when COVID um, became much more of an issue in England and my patients would be classified as vulnerable due to their age and some of them also have comorbid, um, that is, other ment- um, physical health conditions. So I suppose in the lead-up to the peak of the pandemic, there was a lot of anxiety amongst staff, um, relatives, the patients themselves couldn't probably verbalise what their difficulties um, were. The ward seemed quite eerie at times and there seemed to be this sense of unease. Um, My ward is built to be dementia friendly so it's quite light and bright and people can walk around and it just felt so empty and quiet. In terms of what information we had um, around COVID, all we knew from November, December 2019 was that there was this new infection which had originated in China. Um, There were posters on our doors sort of saying, if you had recently arrived from the Hujan province of China, please don't come onto the ward. But apart from that, the information that was really emerging was in dribs and drabs until it got to Europe and we started seeing the images of what was happening in Italy, um, France um, and Spain. I think that's when people became quite concerned. So the information that we received was um, from the senior management and as I'm also a clinical leader, I'm the deputy medical director, I was part of the COVID um, information centre. So I was able to get whatever the guidance was directly. Um, I really had no choice but to go on to my ward um, as the consultant on the ward, I could not work remotely and ask the other staff to be on the ward. So I was on the ward two or three times a week. Um, I was conducting multidisciplinary t- um, team uh, meetings. I was reviewing my patients um, and it was just part and parcel of what needed to be done. Um, I also ensured that um, staff had the right um, personal protective equipment, PPE, and also that I had a presence so that people wouldn't feel anxious. And we had high levels of staff sickness as well. So at that point in time, it was all hands on deck. So my day would usually be arriving on the ward around 7.45, 8 o'clock in the morning, um, seeing how the patients were because we started my I've got a 22 bedded ward we started from having one patient to having 19 patients and some of them were very unwell and had to be transferred to the acute hospital and others just had mild symptoms but it also meant that they needed to isolate in their bedrooms and trying to isolate a patient that has dementia that's mobile that doesn't understand what you're telling them can be quite difficult and this was stressful for staff because you're constantly having to escort or guide the patient back into their room and try to keep them busy in their room which also means that you're in close proximity with them which place the staff um, at risk. We had stopped visiting um, face-to-face but we were able to get iPads so we could set up virtual 
visits um, with um, patients and their relatives. Um, we did have concerns uh, about staff, um, as I mentioned before, in terms of personal protective equipment, not knowing what the illness is, not knowing what staff vulnerabilities were. We didn't know that till much later, and we didn't know the effect that it would have on different ethnic groups, different gender and different ages. So all of that came into light. But there was one positive from COVID in that um, the team on the ward demonstrated that they wanted to work together and they wanted to provide the best possible care for the patient. Um, my ward was the one that was most affected within my trust and now we're sort of working with staff to help them process what happened during that period and to process their kind of professional and personal grief. Um, my reflections on what I would have done differently, I really can't see anything that I would have done differently. I suppose um, we're all supposed to learn from our experiences, but considering that it was a new illness and we were learning as we were going along, what has been key has been providing a presence, but also giving the information as you receive it. Lastly, on our podcast, we have Dr. Antonio Metastasio, a consultant psychiatrist who specialises in general adult and addiction psychiatry. Um, I was concerned because I didn't know how bad would hit the, the country. Being Italian, I had a very good understanding how severe and aggressive this virus can be and how devastating can be the impact. So I was really, really, really concerned. Um, at the beginning, uh, the first few days of the, the when the, 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 few, the cases started to be recorded in London and in other, in other uh, cities, um, as, uh, when I was attending the ward, I was concerned because also at that time we didn't have PPE. So we were in a confined environment without PPE and I was always concerned if other colleagues or patients were positive for the virus. It was the first time in my life when I was concerned that, actually I say sometimes scared, that going to work I could get a infection that would, would, could be potentially lethal, not just for me, but also for f my family. Um, as a consequence, I started to self-isolate at home, so I was eating the meals uh, in a different room, and I was wearing a mask when I was at home with my wife and my children. Um, then things start to get better because we after a few weeks we started receiving PPE and uh, in, in in a way I started to get acquainted with with the virus and I felt that somehow uh, we you know we, we, we could manage the situation the clearly the situation hasn't uh, uh, the situation has improved also because now we have no cases on the wards but we're concerned that things can happen again. 
Thank you to our expert by experience for her wonderful account of what it was like to be a patient during the COVID-19 pandemic. And thank you to all of our psychiatrists who took part and recorded themselves for this special podcast. If you'd like to read blogs, watch interviews or see press releases concerning mental health and COVID, please head to our website, which is www.rcpsych.ac.uk and scroll down to news and features. Thank you for listening to the Royal College of Psychiatrists podcast with me, Ella Marchand.